fell in love with soccer at the same time. I apologize that I'm not calling it football, but of course we have a football here, a football that you are not, uh, you're not falling in love with the same way that Brendan and I fell in love with your football. I feel like anyone, you, you're gonna hate me now. A, you call it football, but you use your hands. Yeah. So what, exhibit A, what are you doing? <laughs> B, what the f is going on? I've watched the Super Bowl five times. It stops every three seconds. <laughs> Then there's an advert, then something happens, then there's a chat and mics, people talking. Like, just play this, what's going on? Welcome everyone to episode 20 of Beckham's Basement. That's right, the big 2-0. Another little milestone here for us, almost at the silver episode, which will be 25, but 20 deep. And for the 20th, we're going to do a little bit of a special show for everyone. Instead of just talking about results and tables and such forth and tournaments, and while this show is mainly focused around Europe's top five leagues, the international tournaments, as well as, of course, the UEFA Champions League, the UEFA Europa League, we just got done talking about AFCON and Asia Cup. We do want to talk about historical events, but also current events. And there's a current event or a current trend that's taking place, especially in the United States of America right now. And that's where we're going to stay our, keep our focus. And it pertains to the football versus football debate. So there is a steady decline in the sport that we call American football. And for the, for the purpose of this episode, to keep the them separated we will call american football egg ball because it's shaped like an egg and you use your hands primarily 99.5 percent of the time and the real football we're going to call football so where you use your your feet 99.6 percent of the time so from this point forward when we talk about american football we'll say egg ball and when we're talking about soccer aka real football we'll talk about football we'll call it football but we're going to talk about the the steady decline in egg ball in this country. And we're also going to talk about the increasingly rapid rise in popularity of football in America. And there's reasons why, and it's very interesting. And the sources are, you know, we got uh, Washington Post, CNN, all these different people have taken notice of it. I mean, very well-paid journalists. And it's just a very interesting topic. But before we dive into all that, Nick, I want to ask you, how are you doing, sir? Doing good, man. Yeah. Just enjoying this beautiful uh, Friday night. Ready to get into this episode. We've been talking about this for a while. It means, uh, means a lot to me being that, you know, I am American and growing up, all that was thrown in our faces was egg ball. And uh, to this day, when I still bring up football per se at work, you know, it's always, you know, they want to talk about Browns or, well, not really. No one wants to talk about the Browns, but the Chiefs or, or Patriots and whatnot, whenever I really want to talk about, let's say, Inter Milan or Juventus. So it's been a big switch for me. I was a big uh, egg ball fan growing up and things, things changed, man. Now you can say I'm strictly football and there's a reason for that. And uh, this trend is popular among Americans and we're going to get into that today. And uh, I'm probably just as excited as the listeners are, man. 
I think this show is going to be very informative, and I think that it's something that you and I, like you said before, we've been talking about doing for a while, an apples-to-apples comparison. The decline of Egg Ball and the viewership, and the especially the participation, and the rise in viewership, and immense rise in participation over the last 40 years, so the last four decades, in football in the United States of America. And it is growing and it is growing. It is now even to basketball in terms of viewership and participation. We're going to get into all that. It's past baseball. And now it's even with, with basketball and basketball is, you know, one of the pastimes. It's a, it's a national treasure here in America. It's a sport. The Americans have traditionally dominated, especially yeah. when they actually put their A team out in the Olympics or the FIBA, the world cup which they yeah. don't always do, especially for the World Cup. But they seem to take the Olympics more serious, even though the World Cup is the World Cup. And it actually is the opposite in football, where the World <laughs> Cup is taken extremely serious and the Olympics no one gives a damn about. But sure. anyways, apparently for Michael Jordan and Penny Hardaway, they won gold medals in the Olympics over hoisting a trophy at a World Cup. But yeah. So we're going to talk about this, Nick. And, you know, if, if is there anything that you wanted to – say before we i'm going to read some stuff obviously and we're going to we'll talk about it as we go but i'm going to read some some headliners and then i'm going to read the article that we're sourcing here from washington post and but there's anything you want to get to before we jump into this you know man there there really isn't i mean stuff that i found was was because we we were talking whenever it was super bowl time and I just did a quick search and it was funny because it came up immediately that the sport is declining in the States and, and it wasn't just me who stopped giving a damn. It's also other Americans. And just what caught my eye was it wasn't just injuries, man. It wasn't just, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the parents having their kids get hurt or, or whatnot. It was just, there was there was so many reasons and you know i'm gonna i'll leave it at that but i i just to 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 say less i was just blown away with how much that the sport has declined in the last i think it's been what the last 20 years or even in the late 90s i think we talked about too it was starting so a lot of the studies start yeah. in 2006 so the first thing i'm going to read you is from the georgia institute of technology also known as georgia tech yeah so the top line is the participation in egg ball has been decreasingly stead- re- decreasing steadily for a decade. Participation has fallen 17% nationwide since 2006, where more than 1.1 million boys played the sport, a larger decline than any other top 10 sport among boys in the United States. So that's the first yep. statement. Go ahead. What were you saying? No, that's that's – it's just – it's just it's crazy because th- that's a ten year study that was put out in two thousand six. So in the in the mid nineties, this was all being recorded, and this is when I was starting to get into it. You know, so this is just it's very interesting stuff. Go, go ahead. So they're crediting right now ratings to be down, and this because of Taylor Swift fatigue. Uh huh. I think that that's. I mean, maybe this that's some of it, but. You know, if you're looking at, let's talk about this, right? So the ratings are down, but they're saying that it's kind of an asterisk next to it, but participation is down. No doubt about that. So 
While participation is falling almost everywhere, the Post, the Washington Post found that boys in the most conservative and poorest states continue to play high school tackle football at higher rates than those in wealthier and more politically liberal areas. The politicization of the concussion crisis is forging deeper divisions between those who support youth football and those who don't. And while precise data about football's racial makeup is hard to come by, the demographics appear to be gradually shifting. Among white, among kids and teens, white and black males are playing tackle football at declining rates, while Hispanic boys increasingly take up the sport more. In college, the proportion of white players is declining and that of black players, players rising at faster rates than national demographic changes. But viewed from a wider lens, high school football is in steady, deep decline. Participation has fallen 17% since 2006. So that's the Washington Post citing the same thing that that Georgia Tech article was talking about. Okay. And yeah, so data in the sprawling and unregulated youth sports industry is less reliable, but regular kids' participation in tackle football among ages 6 to 12 fell 13% from 2019 to 2022, according to annual survey uh, from the Sports and Fitness Industry Association. Only two states out of the 50 in the United States of America showed noticeable increases in participation. That was Mississippi and Alabama. Two of, by the yeah. way, Mississippi is the poorest state in the entire country. Yeah. And Alabama, yeah. its neighbor has to be, I don't look up, I didn't look up the poverty rate, but I know that Mississippi is cited in this article as the poorest state in the country. In oh, another yeah. three states, New Hampshire, Louisiana, and Ohio. Participation is roughly where it was a decade ago. In all, in for, the other forty-five states, it has dropped. Nick, so those yeah. are even Texas, often considered the heart of American high school football, has had a twelve percent decline in participation since twenty thirteen. That is the last ten years. So I'll stop right there. We have a lot more to go, but what are your initial yeah. thoughts? I mean, it's it's not really surprising, and and it's funny you see the Mississippi and Alabama, the states, you know, actually increasing, and you know, in my mind, I thought it was it was more so. I was thinking around 2020 with the political stuff was going on. I was thinking it was more so that, but seeing this and then hearing about all the stuff about the injuries just opened my mind up to a whole new side of it. You know, I'm sure we'll touch on the political stuff and yeah, we'll get there. Yeah. But, but all the, just, you know, the parents concerned about their kids, the, the people seeing all the stuff that happened with the, what's well, the NPL, the national, the players, or no, the NPA National Players Association. Remember, they did the uh, NFLPA. They, yeah, they had the big lawsuit because they weren't taking care of the old players. They were That's all right. yeah, correct. And I mean, dude, with all that, you know, it's kind of it. it it's it's mind blowing to think that parents and people would actually want to go out there and put themselves through this, especially when such a small percentage actually see the monetary gain from playing egg ball or American football. Think about it. You're the best cornerback in South Carolina. You're still not guaranteed a spot on the top college or a spot in the NFL. You still have to make it big. And then your chances of getting hurt are so high, you could be injured for the rest of your life, and then what are you going to do? And I want to use an example. Remember Lattimore, Marcus Lattimore? Mm -hmm. I mean, he was completely destroyed 
because of an injury. And he, yes, he got drafted. Yes, of course, 49ers, whatever, took care of him. But think about it. There's a kid out there who got hurt who then. But he went from, let's, let's, let's talk about this, right? Yeah. He was a, he was, he was actually rated as a top five. So not top five, top five round pick. He was a top five overall pick. So he was going to go within the first five picks in the first round of that year's draft. He fell all the way to the fourth round. And yeah. and I think he would have gone undrafted if it weren't for the big heart of Jim Harbaugh. That is honestly why he got drafted because he took a waiver on him. And the yeah. other, you know, thirty-one teams said this guy, this kid, is garbage. Yeah. So I don't know that he would have gotten drafted, and he was in no condition to try out because his knee still was 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 jelly. Yeah. No, I he agree. Was, he, so yeah, I'm but go. I'm not going to go into his story, but yes, his his livelihood was affected because he sustained a career ending injury before he even got to the professional level. Yeah, changed his whole changed his life, man. And and who's to say the kid who's eighth grade, ninth grade blows their knee out, then they're physical they can't do anything physical going forward because of an injury that they sustained through sports. So seeing the decline, it, it kinda it I'm sure that there's another graph or another some type of chart that shows the awareness of injuries increasing and then the decline in the willingness to participate in this sport because of the health aspect of this, man. It's just really those two things correlate, man. The more people understand how bad it is when you get your head banged around for those five seconds in that play 50 times a game that you – can suffer when you do turn 40 or 50, then, you know, less people are going to want to play the awareness that they've gotten with this health stuff has really not helped the NFL in any kind of way. Uh, and I think that Georgia tech showed that and the post, you know, all these, all these things that we're reading that it shows why that decline did happen. I got some stuff that's going to blow your mind though. In this article is we're, we're just, we're just at the tip of the iceberg here. Scratching so, the surface. Yeah. So, here, continuing on, among the more consequential developments, the 2012 suicide of former star linebacker Junior Seau, yeah. the admission of then-President Barack Obama in 2013 that if he had sons, he would be hesitant to let them play football, and especially the Christmas Day 2015 release of the blockbuster movie Concussion. Even in places where scientific evidence didn't move the needle, the sight of Will Smith on the big screen portraying the scientists widely credited with discovering CTE in the brains of deceased NFL players certainly did. It was the movie, said Jay Williams, vice president of the Abilene, Texas Cowboys youth football program. Literally the year after that movie came out, our numbers fell in half easily. Wow. Even today, you talk to parents and all they say is, I don't know if I want my son to play football. Yeah. So that's, again, you know, here, here, but here, here it, gets, it gets worse. Still, the evidence of a link between football and brain trauma only gets stronger. Earlier this year, this, this year being 2023. Earlier this year, researchers at Boston University said that CTE had been found in the brains of 345 of the 376, that's 92% for those of you counting, former NFL players they studied. And despite rule changes and safety measures, the NFL in 2022, in 2022, Nick, the NFL reported an 18% rise in concussions year over year. Oh, God. All these safety advances are offset by the fact that athletes are bigger, stronger, and faster, said Chris Nowinski, a neuroscientist and former football player at Harvard University who is now the CEO of the Concussion Legacy Foundation. 
When people point to fewer deaths and fewer catastrophic injuries, they also fail to note that it is the medicine that is dramatically better than it used to be. It is not that Amer- it is not that egg ball is safer. It's that the yeah. medicine is better. Yes. So let's stop right there. Let's talk. So let's talk about these head injuries, which are. This is the main reason I believe why this sport is in such a rapid decline and why I think in a hundred years, we're going to look back much like we did in, you know, say the, the, the past century, when we look back at stuff that we did in the 18th century, like just stupid stuff, like, uh, you know, shooting people with revolvers on trains and robbing trains and yeah. the wild west and all that stuff. When we talk yeah. about that time, it's glorified in movies, but we look at it as a very barbaric, chaotic time. Oh, big and time. so I think we look back in, in the 20th century, look back at the 19th century and said, man, we were like prehistoric. We were living yeah. like, like, like hoodlum uh, outlaws. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. society sets in laws are, you know, more places are settled. And all of a sudden you have places like San Francisco and, Everything's nice now, right? But, but yeah. there were, you know, that's where all the outlaws went because there was no law out there. So it, it's it, just, just, and that may be a really stupid example. I just, I, you know, there's, there's plenty of them. But for instance, the way they fought wars, remember how they used to just line up in a line and shoot each other? And if you yeah. made it, you made it, and you didn't, you didn't. And yeah. then they came up with this thing like, oh, maybe we should be a little bit smarter and fight like guerrilla warfare. Yeah, and actually move and move and zig and zag, and I, I mean, like, like they were just That's like line up. They would line up in, in human lines. The Brit, the redcoats, and the colonials, yeah, and just literally shoot their aim their rifles and shoot at somebody. Yeah. And the musket was was so inaccurate that it would miss sometimes. But then it's like, oh, I survived. Cool. Now, but you're not going to survive the second shot. Shot. No. I mean, like you're going to get hit, right? I mean, you're just. And they did that until finally, once somebody said charge. Yeah, it's it's ridiculous. So anyway, I, my point is that there are certain things, there are certain ways of life, certain things that we don't do anymore. Uh, you know, so for instance, we don't ride horses down streets anymore. We drive highways down cars. And so as yeah. we got smarter, as we got more intelligent, as we evolved as a as a society, we left certain things that were in the past, in the past, because they no longer serve the highest function, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's the way the egg ball is going to go. And I'm going to get to that in a minute because the next headline in the post is it's going to die. And that is a a very big post. But anyways, what are your thoughts on the brain stuff? Because that's, that's where the center of this topic concerning egg ball. Now, when we talk about football, it's a whole, now part of it is, that your child is probably not going to get injured. Yeah. 86% of parents say they do not worry about their child being injured playing football. It's certainly not their cranium. So football is safe, right? Egg ball. Nick, your thoughts on egg ball in the head? I I mean – and and we talked about the NPL or the whatever it was, the Players Associate NPA, NFLPA, NFLPA. Yeah, that movie was was what brought it to light for myself also. And of course, I wasn't playing at the time. I mean, I did play, but I mean, I got hurt. You know, I I sprained my ankle, or I'm sure I've been concussed. I got knocked out during a practice one time. And uh, guess what, man? I probably was concussed. I mean, that's probably exactly what happened. Who knows what that attributed to? You know what I'm saying? And and for people, that movie and what happened to Junior Seau really opened up the eyes of parents 
and people. How about what? How about Aaron Hernandez? Yeah. Oh, that's even a bigger one. At his pre pre thirty, pre age thirty. Yeah. This man commits murder in the first degree. Yeah. It has virtually no shame in it. There's no yeah. remorse. Yeah. And then they they take his brain after he's he he dies. Was it suicide? It was suicide. They killed right? himself. Yeah, he he killed himself. Yeah. And they discovered that. Free 30 years of age, it was the most damaged brain they had ever seen from all the hits that he took in high school, in Connecticut, then at the University of Florida, and then with the New England Patriots. And he he literally, egg ball played himself into complete chaotic psychosis. To craziness. Yeah, he he didn't even, I mean, he was so, his brain was so messed up, he actually changed... His freaking uh, his sexuality, like he, it was insane. Like he didn't even know which way he wanted to swing. That's how bad his brain got rattled. And I mean, to to actually affect you that hard is just mind blowing, man. I mean, right. me and me and Jennifer watched that that documentary on Netflix, and the stuff he was was doing was was all attributed mostly to that CTE. And when they did, it's crazy. They talked about that when, when they saw his brain, they could not believe the damage that was done. And he was only in his thirties. No, he wasn't even 30. Yeah. Wasn't was, even yeah, 30. yeah, yeah. You know, no, no, no. This is all pre 30. It all happened in his twenties. That's what I, yeah, that's what I'm meaning. Like it, all that happened. So you could imagine junior Seau who was running around the field. I want to say pitch, but he was running around the field knocking heads off for decade at least 10 or 15 years he was chargers i know he went to pay uh patriots i think for a little bit but yeah. junior Seau was a beast and i mean the stuff that they went through for that cte stuff is just terrible and uh, i mean for guys like bill romanowski like there's no telling what they're going through to this day something i do want to say is you can tell how bad it was or is for the safety of these guys look at the protection Think about that. Of course, they start with nothing. They start with leather helmets. Now they have to have basically shells covering their whole body to try to stop all this, all these injuries. And and eventually, there's just not you're not going to be able to stop them. And and just like it's happening now, this decline is going to be so big, it's going to affect everything like it already is, man. So something else to look at, man, is the equipment. Like it's getting so crazy. All right, so let's move on to the next thing where the headline is, it's going to die. So there are places in America almost impossible to imagine without grassroots level football to sit in the jam-packed stands at a peewee jamboree in Starkville, Mississippi, or to stand on the sidelines at a matchup of powerhouse high schools in, in Sacramento or suburban Dayton. There are also places in America, though, where it is almost impossible to imagine the sport making a major comeback. In the Northeast, where participation in general is already low, states such as Maine and Vermont have had even more significant drops over the past decade. In 2013, Delaware's rate of football participation exceeded the national mark, but has since fallen since 30%. So a big number there. The industry, in other words, the industry, in other words, won't go quietly. But in 2018 speech at the annual conference of USA football, the NFL-funded organization that serves as the sports national governing body, David Baker, now retired president of Pro Football Hall of Fame, summed it up as football in America. If we lose football, we lose a lot in America. He said, if that happens, I don't know if America can survive. So let's talk about that. He's, 
that that is the NFL former president of the Pro Football Hall of Fame is saying that America cannot survive without egg ball. And I think that that is, I mean, that that is that's a manipulation tactic in and of itself. It has to be. Of course it can. Of course America can say we we didn't have football until the eight, late 1800s. Yeah. Or egg ball. Sorry, we didn't have egg ball until the late yeah. 1800s. And I think the country was expanding at a pretty high rate and doing fine. Now, since oh, yes, it's been popular, but the void will be filled by something else like football or yeah. basketball. Baseball is still around. You know, baseball is 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 always going to be America's pastime. Hockey isn't you know completely unwatched here. I, th- that that is, I do not. I don't co-sign that. I think that 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 sounds. I mean, almost it's 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 all almost like gaslighting. Like they're putting the blame on you. Oh yeah, they're saying if you don't support this, then you don't support America, yeah. and America's going to die because you don't support egg ball. Yeah, because you're not going to watch egg ball. America's going to absolutely crumble, even though it was built without it. Like totally fine. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I don't, that, guys. He's clearly you know someone who's probably made a career off of egg ball and NFL. And he was the president of the NFL hall of fame. So of course he's going to say that, but I totally disagree. I mean, think about it. Me and you, we don't watch, we don't watch it and I'm perfectly fine. And, and I can go on with my life without watching the super bowl. I can go on without my life without following this seven. I don't even know how many games they play now. Is it 16 still 16, 17 games? I can be totally fine without it and America can survive absolutely fine. I just, I don't, I don't co-sign that statement whatsoever. That's absolute bollocks. Right. But even as football flags as its resilience with, inter- with eternal appeal, the demographic shifts within the sport also appear stretched and uh, also appear entrenched and likely to continue 50 years. Now think about this, Nick, this is, this is it, yeah. right? It is an example of a comparative sport. 50 years ago, when boxing was at the height of its popularity, it might have seemed unfathomable the sport would become almost irrelevant nationally, reduced in part to its inherent risk of brain injury to a pursuit confined almost entirely to marginalized communities. So yeah. this is what the this is this is what uh, uh, the last quote in this is is I don't see how it's different than any other industry to be honest. The dangerous jobs are going to go to the most desperate people. This country is like that. It's sad, but true. So basically what it's saying is, and that's the end of the decline of egg ball, but like, so we can now have a a deeper discussion around it before we get to football. So basically white participation down, black participation is down, Hispanic participation up overall, but they're also saying that it's a poverty-driven sport. They're going to see these kids in the, in, in the rural South and perhaps the Rust Belt and stuff like that up in the mid- Midwest. The, you, you've seen a steady decline. California has become they, – they call California the soccer state because that's where the best high school programs are. That's where yeah. the best youth group – youth leagues are. You have, I mean, the participation in California is through the roof. It, it's 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 no no coincidence that places like you know Southern Cal, 
UCLA, their the football the the egg ball there is is you know those used to be two massive programs in yeah. college in college egg ball, and yeah. UCLA is pretty much irrelevant at this point. Southern Cal hasn't done anything to speak of since Pete Carroll was cheating there. So even when they were good, they weren't playing by the rules. So you'd yeah. have to go maybe all the way back to like the seventies oh, or eighties, yeah, when they were you know so. University of Washington just went to the national title game, so maybe it's up there. But still, like, it's just the West Coast is just is 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 football crazy now, and you can already see the high schools there among egg ball is in decline. So they're basically saying that it's just a couple of parts of the country, and those parts being the poorest parts, that are going to keep this thing alive, and eventually, it'll just. Go like it's not that no one watches boxing, but less people watch boxing now than they ever have at any history in time ever. Oh, big so, time! They're seeing as marginalized audiences, right? So, yeah. select uh, it's a niche audience now that watches boxing, yeah. and what they're saying is, you know, could this be a niche audience that eventually watches egg ball? Are we looking at in fifty years a rapid decline? In participation now, the dangerous thing for egg balls compared to football. Football is the is is the highest sport in popularity increase in America, and that increase also is majority the ages thirty and below. So, what I'm saying there is the 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 NFL is less popular or egg ball is less popular with ages 30. and So that's your late millennials and all the zennials. Yeah. So that they're going to follow the inter Miami and stuff. Cause they, they, they're not like, if you have a, a 15 year old zennial, that's like, Hey, I, you know, I, I like, I like this Luis Suarez guy. I like this Lionel Messi guy. They're playing inter Miami and they're in it, right? They're going to, they're going to be watching every game. And yeah, so I, I, that's the danger is that they're going to be forty and fifty and sixty, and those are your those are going to be your parents at that point. And they're going to tell their kids to watch football, play football. So <laughs> yes, it's not, there's, no, there's no there's widespread webs of growth and reasons why for football because it's a young it's a young sport popular among young people, and those yeah. people are going to be old. And they're going to teach their young people, they're, they're the next generation, yeah. whereas NFL and college football now is popular in the 40-plus demographic. Yeah. But they're – those, you know, especially especially between 60 and 70. Yeah. That's like the old school. They're, but those are – they're going to die out in the next quarter century. Yeah. And they're not yeah. going to hand it down because their kids are already grown – and, yeah. and their kids' as kids are the ones that made the shift. And if, yeah. if everybody's following me, that's that's what I mean by this. So yeah, just ending the egg ball discussion for a second. I mean, what do you think about that? Saying that it's basically going to be small pockets and poor people. No, I mean it makes sense because the poor people are going to be looking for that ticket out, and you know they're going to need to fill those spots. And they do. They could care less about. CTE, head injuries, this and that. They're just trying to feed their families. And I mean, we see it to this day. Uh, I'll use the example of my dad. You said it well, man, 60 to 70, they're they're into the egg ball. They're in it. 
And then that decline hits with that next generation per se me. Cause my dad now he'll say, Oh, I saw Messi on TV. Did you see that commercial? He was with Dan Marino. And I'm like, uh, no, I didn't see it at the Super Bowl. but what happened? And he tells me, you know, Messi was throwing a ball to Dan Marino or something. And, and it's funny, it passed to me. And if I were to have a child, which, you know, hopefully I will, I'll pass that down then to my child. And then it would continue in that way. Now, granted, I'm not going to like ban my kid from watching egg ball if they want to, but typically you kind of go with what your parents do. And I did also, I mean, I made my own decision to kind of give up on the egg ball or to, to give up on it. But I see exactly what you're saying, man. It's just that decline and, and you can see it amongst the world today, man. And hopefully these these kids who are trending more towards football, they can continue it, man. And maybe we can build something in America here because hell, you know, ten years ago if you would have told me I'd be doing a football podcast with a Liverpool fan, I would have called you freaking crazy. I would have said for one, I would have said, What's Liverpool? And for two, I would have said, You're out your mind. So Things do change in America, man, and it's going the way that, you know, I, of course, enjoy. So we'll see, man. We'll see what uh, what, what comes of all this. But, man, I'm, I'm enjoying this trend, you know. Well, You're saving people's lives too, man. The other, the other thing is that, you know, you look at some of these retired players and how, how beat up their bodies are. Some of them can barely walk at 50. Some of them have walkers at 60 if they even, yeah. if, you know. They they lose their cognitive function. You have players drooling out of their mouths, and st- I mean, it's just it, it, you know the, these old school guys, especially like when you're talking about Joe Montana's era, for example, where it was encouraged to just destroy the quarterback. Yeah. It was, inc- I mean, the '85 Bears game plan yeah. was to take out the opposing team's quarterback. They made that that was in the thirty for thirty on ESPN. I mean, no, they, they did a documentary about this. Like that was their main objective, and they told Jim McMahon, who was the Bears quarterback. We're going to have to have your back because we hurt everyone else's quarterbacks. They're going to want your head. Yeah. And where the prime objective is not to beat the Bears, it's to take out Jim McMahon as, as, as kind of a receipt to, to what the Bears gave them. If you do that now, your head coach gets suspended for a whole season. It's basically a bounty. Yeah. So, it yes. Is. Yeah, yes, the Saints changed. Did the Saints do that? Saints did it, right? Right, yeah, bounty gate, yeah. right? Where yeah. in, but that was injury for money, and the 85 Bears were doing injury for fun. Yeah, God. So you saw some of those hits. Jim McMahon had an injury. He had such bad – was it uh, migraines or, or, or back pain or whatever? Or what, it was some kind of neck pain. He, he, he contemplated suicide many times. And he found a therapist that was able to cure him. Everybody watch the 85 Bears, doc, the 30 for 30 on ESPN. That's a, a really informative episode. But Jim McMahon talks about his severe depression and how he contemplated suicide and all of that from football or egg ball. Sorry. All of it from getting just pounded play yeah. after play after play. His, he said my his brain was absolutely scrambled. I mean, it yeah. was it, it just from week to week, just getting abused like that. Now, in this Patrick Mahomes era, you can you look at the quarterback cross-eyed and you get a flag for unnecessary roughness or roughing yeah. the passer. So the rules have changed, and it started with Tom Brady to protect the quarterback. You know, Drew Brees, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, they all benefited off of that. 
Mahomes is benefiting off of it big time. Oh, God, yeah. So there was a time when the rules that were enforced, like the roughness of it, were enforced. Uh, sorry, were, were less enforced. But again, you still see if it's so much safer, this is the thing, Nick, right? If it's so much safer, we don't let you know those kind of plays it. Brett Favre, I remember one time, threw up in a trash can and then went back out on the field and played. He was concussed. He was concussed as fuck. I mean, he was he was yeah. in a different planet. But they they didn't even diagnose it back then. They didn't even have a concussion protocol. So they so nowadays where they give you like two weeks off and you have to pass all these tests, they Brett Favre just went back out and played. Yeah. How how he and the thing is, I can say like as a child. And my dad loved Brett Favre. That was like his adult favorite player. And we grew up bonding over Brett Favre. Even though I was a Saints fan, I still rooted for Brett Favre. And and, and yeah. by default, kind of the Packers were my second team under Mike Holmgren. And Brett Favre was just fun to watch. He didn't take it so seriously. He was just a, yeah. a kid out there. But man, that kid took punishment. Brett Favre got the ever-living shit beat out of him. He did. And Absolutely. if how he remembers that his daughter's name is Brittany is beyond yeah. me. Yeah. He, and, and, and you know, the sad thing is it can change on a dime, Nick. When he's 60, he might yeah. be brain dead. Yeah, you're right. He could have a stroke and just fall out. Yep. And it could all be because of those crazy hits and throwing up in the trash can. It, let's it, talk about we, exhibit A before. Let's, uh, so it's, it's safer. It's so much safer, right? Yeah. Let's talk about two attack of a last season. Oh God, this was terrible. Died, who almost died from a concussion. Yeah. He got his bell clock cleaned. Yeah. Twice in a mat like because if I'm not mistaken, it was misdiagnosed or something the first time, right? Yeah, they sent him back out and he should have been taken out. And he got just fucking yeah. annihilated. Yeah, like his hand was up like while he was laying down and it was all crooked, like Oh my God. People talk about that being so scary. Well, what causes that scary? It's these brutal hits, these head to heads. And sometimes, Nick, as you well and I well know, when you're coming at such a velocity, and they always say if you think in the NFL, you lose. It all has yeah. to be instinct. You don't have yeah. time to think. So you're coming at a quarterback or running back or receiver. You mean to hit their shoulder, but you hit them head to head. There's not, you know, sometimes it can't be avoided when you're in, in the moment in that. So those hits are always going to be there, Nick. And there's no yep. padding you can put around. They've scientifically proven because the brain is floating in this liquid and it's nice. It sits in there and it swims and it's supposed to be calm and nice. And those hits jolted every single time they jolted. And there's no amount of padding or protection you can put on a helmet besides basically putting six inch six feet of styrofoam around your head yeah it's gonna lessen that blow you know yeah absolutely yeah that that Tua example i mean that doctor i'm pretty sure they fired him and all kinds of stuff and it's like you gotta think man they they but that's two yeah. massive blows though on his odometer yeah. if you're talking about a car having an odometer for miles yeah your head has an odometer for how many times your bell gets rung Oh, his was and, and, and those are those are like Liberty Bell cracked rung. Oh, big time! So, he, yeah. so that's Tua, Tua's Tua's brain has to live with that for the rest of its life and hope that it comes out unscathed. Yeah, which 
Oh, I mean, just, he's very young and still in, in the prime of his career. So barring something brutal happening, he's not retiring anytime soon. So we're already ticking. It's how many, how many bumps can you take before the tire bursts? Yeah. And he'll be taking a lot more because that's just how he is. And no one's going to be taking it easy because they're concerned with what his brain's going to be when he's 35. So yeah, just just brutal, man. I mean, it's it's almost like going back to gladiator times. Just humans like to be entertained, and they were entertained by death and hurt and pain. And the NFL is exactly that, man. Think about it. That's literally when you see those spear hits and and all that craziness taking heads off. What do they do? They cheer. They cheer it on. Right. Yeah, it's big hits. And- big hits get. The biggest pop from the crowd, yeah, of almost anything. I mean, yep. second and, second only to probably touchdowns. Yeah, and sadly, that's the one thing that is going to cause the most damage, and it's the one thing that's going to cause this decline in its own in its own following and its own uh, future. Look, there was a there was a there was a video that I saw once, and it was back in the nineties or early two thousands. And they were asking people like, why do you watch? There was kind of basically what it was, was like they were go- going around to asking people, you know, what are you going to be doing for the Super Bowl or something like that? And then they would say like, well, why do you watch football? Like, why do you like it? And there was a number of males in this, like they asked like 20 people like on the street with a microphone. Right. But like there were like three or four different men that basically answer the same thing. Like I like I like seeing people get hit. Yeah, I like seeing quarterbacks eating dirt. Yeah, so they, they sound just like that, right? I'm not exaggerating. Yes, like, you know. So people watch it, Nick, because of the brutality, and I think yeah. that the brutality is becoming less popular mainstream because that brutality is shortening people's lives, scrambling their brains, making them forget their kids' names by the time they're 40, and basically yep. having all lost all cognitive function by the time they're 60, drooling out of your mouth in a tube getting fed pudding. So, yep. <laughs> so yeah. my, my point, not to be funny about that, is that the one what is the most valuable thing in your entire body, bar none? Yeah. I mean, it controls brain. everything. Yeah, control center, man. Your brain. Yeah. And the brain is what is getting cooked, literally yep. scrambled in the frying pan when you play egg ball. Yeah. So yep. I think that we as, you know, society as a, in this next generation of uh, apparently more intelligent kids are seeing the data. They're seeing this. Now, here's the thing, like in the eight, 70s and 80s, I don't know that they were reporting data like this. I, I doubt they were because, you know, egg ball was it's religion, right? But yeah. as we get, as I said, it's all about human evolution. As we get smarter, as we as we learn better, newer concepts, we also <clears throat> take that data and we store it to keep from repeating the same mistakes. And I think that this data is showing, hey, this is a mistake. We're playing a game that is absolutely brutal. And here's data as to why we should stop. Yeah. Yeah, man. I I mean, I, when you brought this up, it was just, it was so intriguing to me because it it just, it, it blows my mind how it can have hold over a, a, a country 
so much and and to hear and see the decline in it was just mind-blowing to me and we didn't even touch the other things like the whole political stuff and whatnot and the injuries are just that bad to where it causes this much of a decline it's mind-blowing absolutely crazy the thing is i actually i think i skipped over some of the political stuff to save time because we got to talk football we're already 40 minutes into this but basically what it was was a, a lot of trump states those are states that were typically poor in income uh they they that's where mostly high school football participation has either had a very small decline or stayed the same, or in the case of Alabama and Mississippi, which of course Trump won in a landslide in both the 2020 and the 2016 elections, those are poor states. So yeah. that was the political part of it. And the other thing was too, is that a lot, so, so when they polled Americans, I think they polled 200 Americans in this, that basically in some of this data, I mean, that, the 65% of them found that if you take away egg ball, it's like an American, it's like an American birthright. You're taking away something of, you're taking a part of America. So they're oh, fighting yeah. basically, they look at America, uh, egg ball is as patriotic. It's also obviously has the salute to service. So it has a, a strong bond with the military that leads back into patriotism. So it's almost like it's this, the flag that they wave. And if you take that away, your flag is gone and you, something that represents you has been stripped of you. So yeah, that makes sense. It's an American way of life in other words. And that's being taken away, taken away a freedom, like, like taking away gun rights or something, but it's not taking away freedom. It's, it's, it's people who are more intelligent, making a conscious, conscious, conscious choice to not do the same things that the people before them did and get their brains fried. Yeah. Or their AC blown out or a complete knee replacement by 35 and all that other stuff, you know? Yeah. No. Yeah. It's actually, you're right. They're just being smart. All right. (laughs) So it's time to get to the real deal here. Okay. So the beautiful game, here we go. So this article's, huh? What'd you say? No, I, I was. Oh, I was I'm sorry. Football. I'm sorry. Yeah. Okay. Football. So this article football. was sourced by CNN. So CNN did this article. This is from 2023. Uh, the beautiful game is far more popular than it ever has been, especially among young Americans. Take a look at how many people say their favorite sport to watch is football. Historically, that percentage has been minuscule. From 1937 to 1972, in Gallup polling, it was always less than 0.5% of Americans giving the answer football. When asked which their favorite sport to watch was, even in December 2004, the percentage first had not yet at that point risen above 2%. Earlier this year, so 2023, 8% of Americans answered as their favorite sport to watch in a Washington Post poll this, that, there was their, that football was their favorite sport to watch. This may seem like a small percentage, but it is huge growth given the baseline. There is no other sport that saw anywhere near that type of improvement in its popularity as football during this period. And indeed, nearly as many Americans now call football their favorite sport to watch as they do basketball, 12%, or baseball, 11%. Soccer or football has actually uh, beaten motor racing, hockey, and golf the last few times the Washington Post polled this subject. The guess is the number of football fans is going to continue to grow over the next few years. Why? Let's look at the young. Here we go, Nick. So this is it. Yeah. Yeah. Football is most popular among young adults under the age of 30. 
There are actually more adults aged 18 to 29 who say that football is their favorite sport to watch than those who say baseball is their preferred. Remember that baseball is yeah. supposedly America's bat. Pastime. Of yep. course, American football, the NFL, is still the top sport to watch overall in the groups. That so, yeah, I mean that's not that's not surprising. But no, over one third of Americans have for years indicated that that is their top sport. However, egg ball may be getting a run for its money from football. Though, when you examine the long term trends among the number of high schoolers, this is the key. Is that uh, yeah. this is the key, my man? Nick, the high school was playing the game. 40 years ago, football was not a terribly popular sport for high schoolers. When you combine boys and girls playing playing the sport, only a little bit more than 200,000 students played the game. For comparison, nearly a million boys played egg ball. 20 years ago, over 600,000 boys and girls played football. This past year, 2022, over 800,000 boys and girls in high school decided to take up the sport with the black and white ball. But in mathematical terms, Nick, that is nearly a 300% growth in the last 40 years. There's no other sport in America that has taken off as quickly over the last 40 years as football among high schoolers, hands down. And while football isn't particularly close to the NFL's popularity among adults, it is closing in amongst high schoolers playing the two sports. So that's football and egg ball. There was once an over 700,000 participant gap in the early 1980s. Between the number of high schoolers taking part in football and those playing egg ball has consistently slid downward. The gap has dropped to a little bit over, to a little bit more than four hundred thousand in the early two thousands. Today, f- uh, today egg ball has just over a two hundred thousand person advantage over football and the number of high schoolers who play the game. Put another way, this is the thing. Put another way, egg ball has stagnated while football has consistently risen. Yeah, and risen strongly. That's actually pretty shocking. Yeah. yeah. So the impact of the success, now you may ask, well, why is this? Part of it has to do with the U.S. women's national team in America can't be underestimated. Yeah. The women consistently do well on the international stage. They've won four World Cups to the men's zero. Less spoken about is also the rate of better television the women do than the men do in the World Cup. Safety, and this is key, safety is a factor as well in football's rise. In an Associated Press taken in t- poll taken in the 2010s, 86% of parents, as I said before, 86% of parents said they were comfortable with their kids playing football given safety concerns. This dropped to 51% for egg ball. Given that football is primarily a fall sport like egg ball, it's, it's uh, not hard to imagine a lot of parents pushing their children to kick the football around rather than the egg ball. The question going forward is whether the success of football on the high school level will ultimately translate into football truly closing the gap with egg ball in the future in the number of adult fans. We'll just have to wait and see, though, with the U.S., Canada and Mexico hosting the 2026 World Cup, football isn't going away anytime soon. All right, Nick. So that's that's a lot to unpack. So where do you want to start? I mean, just that that crazy increase, man. It's, I I didn't even, I didn't even realize that, man. You're talking about hundreds of thousands of kids actually switching that sport. And that's just mind blowing. I mean, it it says we have a bright future. I mean, sure. I I wish I I could see it by the 2026 World Cup. I mean, it's not going to happen, especially for the men. Yes, the women do wonderfully, but 
you know, the guys, man, it's just a, it's, it's going to be a longer process just because it's the world sport. And so many countries are so far ahead of us on this. We're just trying to catch up to where they're at. You know what I'm saying? Think about that though. The <laughs> women actually outdraw the men when it comes yeah. to TV ratings in the world cup. Crazy, crazy to me, man. I mean, but 300% growth, Nick, in 40 years. Yeah. They're uncontested. They're the uncontested fastest growing sports. So we talked about this, right? 17% decline in egg ball participation amongst high schoolers. Yeah. Since 2006. Yeah. And then a 300% increase. Yeah. In football in the past 40 years. So now... Granted, one is 20, so 2006 to present day, that's 18 years. Yeah. And then the other one is 40 years, but that can't be under uh, – uh, that, that, I mean, what, 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 what kind of statement other than that's amazing can you make about that? I mean, that is, that is incredible yeah. growth, and the gap is down to, to – think about this, Nick. Only 200,000 more kids in high school play egg ball over football now in America. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be almost a million. Yeah. It's 200,000 now. And I would say that that's going to continue to close. Oh, yeah, it will. But, you know, within another five years, it'll close even smaller. And then next thing you know, they'll be evened out. And then the cool kids will be the ones playing, you know, center back and goalie and uh, forward. You know what I'm saying? It won't be the quarterback anymore. So – what are your what what are do you have any personal thoughts on why you think it's grown uh, besides just the fact that yes you have a great women's team and you know they've they've been four world cups and they've only had like what like nine and they've won four yeah, or five or, or something yeah it's so not, it, it happened, I mean, so we talked about the the women's team we talked about the less injuries we talked about why the parents are letting their kids play less egg ball because of the injuries. So is there any other reason Uh, commercialization, David Beckham getting messy and Suarez? Yeah. Is what, is there anything that you think your gut or other gut feeling or otherwise you've read besides what that article stated as reasons why the sport is, is increasing or uh, increasing in popularity? Yeah. I, I just, I don't know what brought me to it. I feel is just the year round, the year round play, the passion, just how, how everyone really just cares about it around the world, man. No commercial I mean, breaks. Yeah, no, man. I mean, it's, it's just, it's, it's two hours of action. You get 15 minutes to do whatever you need to do and it's back to it. Sure, people can say zero zero is not fun, and that's just you being culturized into egg ball and thinking you need seven points every three or four plays. Like that's not what's necessarily needed. Me and you, when we watched United versus Liverpool, of course we may not have liked it, but we still got to see a game being played, and we did. We were entertained, were we not? Yeah, of course. Yeah, we and we didn't have to see goals. We didn't have to see seven three or four nil, or even though we did see seven nil against them earlier. We <laughs> yes, still, we did. yeah, I had to throw that in there. We still, you know, we were still entertained. So when people use that for an example, oh, I hate that you can draw, or that's not that's crazy. You can't 
what sport gets a draw or lets you tie? And it's like, dude, football does. And it's actually the most popular sport on this planet. But for me, it was, it was the year round. It was the passion. It was, uh, it was just always something. I always had entertainment. I always had action. Now speaking for everyone else, I feel that with the globalization of it, with Beckham bringing Messi in, with the World Cup coming, with the women doing so well, it, it does it brings Americans it brings their attention to it. I mean, for example, with the Wales and USA game, whenever I went to work that day, there was a bunch of people who came to eat that night in American jerseys, in USA jerseys and whatnot, and it was pretty shocking. You know, the the more that we do participate, the more that time goes forward, you do see more people following that sport. And with the cup coming in 2026, me and you are going to be busy, man. I mean, we got a game. We have World Cup action three hours away from us, four hours away from us. Right. So we are going to be very busy. And I feel as this time goes forward, it's just it's we're getting to see a lot more of the action with the youth getting older and paying attention to it, that's what we're going to be getting accustomed to is having more football. And Here's, here's some it, things that I think, okay? Yeah, with go the ahead. Pop, with the popularity, especially amongst the younger generation. So I, I would say that what, I was, what they're talking about in the article 30 and below, I'm going to say this, okay? The reason that it is more popular with them, in addition to – Players like Messi and Suarez playing in this country now, David Beckham being a team owner, Christian Pulisic's rise, people see Weston McKinney. Like there's, there's beyond the women who are just incredible, there's also the, some men that are making a difference, uh, some, with the cl- some at the club level, some internationally, obviously Pulisic with AC Milan and Weston McKinney with Juventus. So those are two Americans that made it out of the country that are thriving on – the largest scale, I mean, for two major European clubs with massive histories and lots yeah. of trophies. So with that popularity rise in those ages comes the access to it, right? Yeah. There, if you look back 15 years ago, really the only thing you saw over here was the Premier League. That was it. But now yeah. you have access to, to the Bundesliga anytime you want. ESPN – I think covers certain I think ESPN Plus covers certain second Bundesliga games they used to They do. No, they do. You have La Liga is on ESPN Plus. Yeah. Serie A Bundesliga is on ESPN Plus. You can watch any match replay, you can get the highlights, ESPN FC covers it, uh, you know, detailed every single day they do a show recap. And then you have the Serie A that's available I believe on Paramount Plus. Yeah. So there's, there's, I mean, you watch, you can watch championship matches. I mean, now you have the English second tier and all that stuff that you, you know, you can watch, uh, I think even some league one matches. So, so the point is that it's so much more accessible. Yeah. There's games on every day. Like you said, the NFL has a 17 game season and then it's off for six months. Well, football has a nine month schedule typically. And they take very little time off. They play either 34 or 38 match days in Europe, depending on how many well, dude, teams think are about in the it. league. Yeah. Think about it. When when they're off, what do we have? We have Euros. We have World Cup. Right. We have – dude, it's never – And the never year that they're off, off, the year that the men are off, 
that they don't have anything, we get the women's World Cup. Exactly. That's that's what got me, man. I'm telling you, just there's always you always have something. It's always available, and it is so available for for us. It's just something that you just can't you can't not get into, man. I mean, waiting for half the year for these games on one day a week, whenever. I mean, right now I could turn my phone on and I have the Japanese Super Cup that's about to kick off. And and what are NFL fans watching? Nothing. I mean, it's just it's so accessible, like you said. It's it's just it's blown me away with with how big it really is. Because I had no clue, man. I had no clue. Well, the the thing is that with that accessibility comes a rise in popularity, and with a rise in popularity, you see the increase in publicity out there. So more kids wearing jerseys, kits, if you will, more kids. Sports heroes are messy now. They used to be Michael Jordan. They used to be Kobe. Now it's Messi and whoever else. I mean, a lot of kids look up to, to Pulisic as 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 kind of the example, the, the the trendsetter of how an American player plays abroad and and does so very successfully with this current club, AC Milan. He's absolutely a star player for them. So they see it. Oh, I can go live in Europe. I can go play for one of these big clubs. That's that's the that could be the new dream, right? Instead of saying yeah. I want to be like Rudy, I want to go play for Notre Dame. Yeah. Or, <laughs> or you know, I want to be Mark Wahlberg in the movie Invincible. Yeah. And just my dream is to have one be a fucking special teams player for the Eagles of all teams. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, the dream is now I want to go play for AC Milan, or I want to go play. Even if, you know, like at West Ham or something, you know, just yeah. playing the Premier League is the best of the best. That That's, you know, Tim Howard had the luxury of playing for Everton. I mean, you know, that that that's that, that's becoming the new sort of what do you want to be when you grow up type of thing if you yeah. want to be an athlete. Like, right. I think yeah. it's changing. It's changing, changing amongst America's youngest people. It is. No, I agree, man. I mean, the amount of of Christian Pulisic stuff you'll see or, or shirts and kits. I mean, I went to the, um, the men's uh, world cup qualifying match against Canada in Tennessee. And that stadium was packed, dude. I'm telling you, there was, I don't remember how 50,000, maybe it was in Titan stadium. Um, yeah. Nissan or yeah. 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 It, it was, it was for Tennessee Titans. And I'm telling you, I think it was 50, 55, maybe it was packed. And I mean, it just blew me away. It was a world cup qualifying match finished one, one. I got to yell at Alfonso Davies, Byron, Byron Muchen, uh, legend. And it was amazing. I never fathomed that that many people would be there, but because of this increase that we're seeing, I saw freaking 20,000 Christian Pulisic shirts. Right. Yeah. That's 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 what I'm talking about. And yeah. even after the 2014 World Cup, when the United States got eliminated and the players came home, the MLS season was in full effect at that point. And I remember one of the big matches right after they got home was Seattle Sounders versus Portland Timbers, which is one of the biggest rivalries in all of American football. And it was sold out. They 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 it was in Seattle, and I think that was where. Um, Shoot, um, the captain for the team that year. What's his name? Uh, Clint Dempsey. Clint yeah, Dempsey, Dempsey 
was playing for Sounders, so it was his homecoming game after the World Cup. Yeah, and they were they were packed. They they, they had. Oh, they I think they play. Up. I think they play where the Seahawks play. So if it's that, then I guess it's Quest Field or whatever. They had it packed. Yeah. They were hanging from the rafters for for a Sounders versus Timbers match. Yeah, this isn't the is Seahawks insane. versus the Chargers. This is yeah, MLS, MLS for yeah. crying out loud. Yeah, that's how crazy it gets. And, and watch how many teams come over to the United States, Nick, for their summer breaks in Europe: Liverpool, Real Madrid, Inter Milan, Bayern Munich, yeah. Chelsea, Arsenal. Yeah, Manchester United, Manchester City, even comes. Barcelona, and then look at the participation. These are stupid, meaningless friendlies, and Americans pack the stadiums full for these events. I went to one of them in 2016. I saw Inter Milan play Bayern Munich, and I mean, just you know, for a friendly, there, there's tens of thousands of people in these arenas. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, I even looked at ticket prices cause there was one in Charlotte, I think, and it was through the roof and I'm like, good God. And, and people go, man, people fill them up. And, and the more that this is going to trend the way towards football, the more that we're going to see these people come over and we're going to see it happening. I mean, before you know it, we might, you know, they were talking about having matches over here. I'm, I'm not saying we need that, but yeah, before you know it, hopefully, you know, with some relegation and promotion stuff coming, some change uh, in the lower tiers of of America with the USL and League One, hopefully MLS can see that happen. And then within the next 10 or 20 years, we can see that. And then we can have a competitive league, man. And then we can have something to follow for ourselves over here. I think with the, with the influx of youngsters doing it and whatnot – the owners are going to have to succumb. We're going to have to get promotion relegation, and we're going to have to do like Japan, have one team, start out with one team, one club, let the owners get used to it and see how it works. And then within 20 or 30 years, we can have a full-fledged league like Germany and England and whatnot. And when that happens, I feel that's when we'll reach the pinnacle and the peak and we can be a true football country. So I'm going to leave you, I'm going to leave you with this with this, right? What is I'm, – I'm, I'm going to quiz you here a little bit. So, you no, know, there's no wrong answer. But yeah. I want to say – I want to say this is this is going to be our parting shot for this particular topic because we've gone over an hour now and we still have to talk about one match at least and that it's a big one. Yeah. So what do they – what what – besides the beautiful game, what else do they call football? Soccer. Right. No, I was going to say besides the, – they call it the world's game. The world's game, oh yeah, right? the world's the game. World. Yeah, what yeah. does America hate more than anything else? Um, people not liking what we like, not listening to us. Close. What America hates more than anything else is not being first. Yeah, there you go. Not being the best. Yeah. Okay. So I believe that because it's the world's game, and because America has never the men have never been close and let's be honest american uh, men's football is still where the majority of the money's made that's not not in, a, in this country but globally so i believe that i believe the th- that the men specifically are tired of being doormats 
And I think that there is going to be a change in the next 25 years in the U.S. men's national team. And I think that they will reach a World Cup semifinal. And I think that the athletes are going to continue to get better. But I also think that the understanding of the game, you know, we just talked about this tonight. Lindsey Horan said that, uh, that the captain of the U.S. women's national team said that Americans fans are, are, are stupid, that they don't, they don't get the sport. And she, what she meant by that is like, they don't have an understanding for it, you know, in terms of well, what's a four four two, what's a four three three, what's a holding four three three, what's a three five two, all, all this stuff, and what's what's a four four two diamond, you know, that that kind of thing. They don't they they see a ball going back and forth on a pitch, bang bang yeah. bang bang, and, and nil nil zero zero. No, it's nil nil. Yeah, nil nil. That does ter- there's some there's some nil nil games that are some of the most exciting games you'll ever you'll ever lay your eyes on, right? And so if you don't think that, then you don't understand the game. You don't actually know what's going on. And that was her statement in it saying that, and she did say afterwards that they'll continue to, it'll continue to grow. It will continue to blossom. It'll continue to flourish. And and more and more American football fans will get educated. But she's saying as it currently stands, there aren't that, they aren't that smart. They aren't that, like you can watch a Premier League game tomorrow morning when the premier league starts, but do you actually know what's going on? That's the bigger yeah. question. Yeah. Do you understand? And do you understand it? Right. So yeah. I believe that the understanding is going to continue to get better. I believe that America wants to be first more than anything else in everything. And that is, I mean, the world's game, Nick, the world's yeah. game and America's part of that world. And they are not first, not in the men's, yeah. not in the men's bracket. And I think the men also, want to prove that they can be as successful as the women. They've had to, they've had to eat dirt and like the taste of it because yeah. the women have just dominated and the men have oh, done nothing. Was the last time they were in a world cup quarterfinal or semifinal was like the 1950s. So, I mean, we're talking 70 years, Nick. Yeah. It's terrible. No, it's been, been really bad for the men. It really has. So, been. so I think that's more part of the reason is that, America's drive to be the best. Yeah. I think that these kids are the kid, the kids now are losing more and more interest in being the best in egg ball as the, as the data shows and being better in the rising sport and popularity of football. And I think that there's going to, that you're going to see more politics. You're going to see more Weston McKinney's. You're going to see, more DeAndre Yedlins, you're going to see more players like that emerge and it's going to be on a more consistent basis. You're going to see more Americans playing for major clubs abroad. And when that all happens and they get a manager that knows how to actually use the talent and not yeah. Bob fucking Bradley. Yeah. <laughs> who does, I, I, I guarantee you, you and I know more about football than he does. I promise you over yeah. under on that. I'm taking the over all day long. Big time. I, agree. I think he's like an egg ball fan disguised as a football man. As a foot, yeah, yeah. He's he is the. the Anyways, not getting on him. I think yeah, that that's the, why I, these matches, these uh, the popularity will continue to keep going up, and why you're going to see America, the American men, get better and 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 compete on the global on a global scale. Yeah, actually, do something. I agree with you, man. Wonderfully, wonderfully put. Well, that was a lot of fun. You know, we could do more of those in the future. And if anybody would like to hear us talk about something or, or, or research something, you know, tweet us at Beckham Basement. 
That's B-E-C-K-H-A-M, then basement. And then also on Instagram, Beckham underscore, Beckham's underscore basement. So let us know if you want to hear us talk about something or if you're a local listener, come find Nick at the bar and tell him in person. Yeah. And yeah. I'm sometimes Either. there eating dinner, so talk to me yeah, too. You might run into, yeah, you might run into both of us. Exactly, as, the, as, as, as Greg did tonight. Yeah. Yeah. So, Nick, we do have – we have a big ma- – we have – actually, we have a bad week to talk about and a big match. Yeah. So, let's start with the bad week. That's Byron's bad week. Oh, God, yeah. So, Byron had a bad week. Terrible. And Thomas Tuchel's about – could be having a very bad month here very, yeah. very shortly if things don't turn around. The bad week, though, started out with the bad match, uh, a.k.a. the big match. So, all the marbles on the table, Nick, number one versus number two in the Bundesliga. So, Bayern's number one, right? And yeah. No, wait, wait, yeah. what? What is that oh. you say? Leverkusen's number one. Bayern's looking up at Leverkusen. That's right. The stage Bayern. is set for the old Bayern to come back, make a statement, Win three to one at Leverkusen, go ahead by one point, and basically sign, seal, and deliver the Bundesliga title here before the end of the month of February. Yeah. Exactly the opposite happened though, Nick. Oh, Byron God. were humiliated. They were dominated from whistle to whistle. Everything went Leverkusen's way. A Florian Wirtz destroyed Musiala, outplayed him every single minute they were on the pitch together. Frimpong adds the dagger at the end, making it 3-0 into the back of an open net. What a shot. It still takes a lot of skill to hit the goal from that far out. He did it. Byron defender couldn't get their time. They add insult to injury. Nick, you and I watched this match. Leverkusen thoroughly dominated this match. Yep. No questions asked. They now put five points in between themselves and Byron. They are 35 matches unbeaten in all competitions, Nick. And Bayern Munich got the ever-living crap kicked out of them on Saturday in Leverkusen. So what are your thoughts on this match and the statement that was made by Javi Alonso and his VXF from Leverkusen? Yeah, just wonderful, wonderful showing for Javi Alonso. His, His job interview went well. I would say it was a success. Uh... Yeah, he uh, all the check marks, all the boxes were checked. Everything he did was just far superb over anything Thomas Tuchel could even think about or fathom. Uh, I mean, from start to finish, it just looked like you know Leverkusen was in full control. Uh, just exactly what I wanted to see, man. I mean that that totally made this season just probably the best season I've seen in Germany in my whole, you know, time following. Uh, Verts played great, you know, uh, uh, Furpong, all the guys. I, I really just would wish to see this team stay together and see what they could do. But this was the job interview. Daddy will do what daddy will do, and he will take what he will take. So this is going to be something we just have to enjoy while it lasts, my friend, because things uh, are going to be changing here within the next few months. Uh, but for the time being, Leverkusen did what they needed to do. Looks like they're going to uh, hold strong. Uh, we did say to, to each other that, you know, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. 
No. They still have to hold. I know you've won and you haven't lost in 30 something, but this is the time where you hold strong. Uh, and, uh, you, you close this out, man. You can't mess it up now. You have beat daddy. We said, if they do it, they're in good control. They did it. Let's see what they can do, man. Okay. So one of the things that Byron was criticized for specifically Thomas Tuchel, let's talk on this is that he adjusted. He played with the back three, Eric Dyer, all this, all these changes were made. And here's the thing. He adjusted to Leverkusen, which is your depth. I mean, they basically yeah. say you have to be who you are. You have to you have to have your identity. Bayern has always had a clear cut identity in a way that they want to play, and there's been no questions about it. And Thomas Tuchel changed his 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 strategy, changed his tactics, and changed his lineup. Yeah, to adjust to Leverkusen, which means that he was scared. He was worried. Yeah. Of Leverkusen. Normally, it's the other club doing that towards Bayern, especially as it pertains to the Bundesliga. This is now Bayern is playing little brother. They're in a little brother role trying to beat big brother Leverkusen. And he adjusted his tactics to suit Leverkusen. Yeah, to go for for them. Yeah, it was crazy. Which is uh, unbelievable because Bayern is never thrown in the towel on who they were or who they are that I can ever remember. Yeah, I've never seen that. So, so this is these are. Let's talk about this. I mean, yeah. Tuchel, big mistake there, right? Oh, massive. I mean, and they talked about that even on ESPN FC. They were, they were saying why adjust and and change this up to suit the other side, and and just from the start, it, it just didn't work. I mean, it just fell apart. I mean, they they were incomplete. In utter chaos from the back line to the front. I mean, Kane nowhere to be found. Eric Dyer getting schooled. I mean, it, it just, yeah, it was bad from the start, man. So, what do you think right now? Well, let's go to the second game. So then they have a Champions League match. So oh, after yeah. Leverkusen put the five points between themselves and Bayern, Leverkusen flying high right now, playing at a, at, at the highest of all high levels you could possibly imagine. Bayern sinking lower and lower and lower, looking like a shell of their former selves. And here comes the next bus stop. We are going to Rome and playing Lazio in the Champions League. 17 shots, Nick. None of them on target. Yes, they dominated possession. And what did they do with it? Nothing. Not jack shit. Nope. Lazio get the penalty, the red card. Open Meccano is going to do what Open Meccano does, which is usually really stupid stuff. By the way, isn't it funny that he and... Our boy Konate, who are both idiots, and both of them on red cards right now. Yeah, and both of them former teammates. Yeah, they played. That's what I was just going to say. They played together. Look at their Tweedledee and Tweedledum. And and they and they said if if someone's going to do something stupid inside the box or anywhere really in the pitch, it's going to be up Makano. Well, Chiro Immobile gets steps up, takes the penalty, doesn't miss one nil, and now two consecutive defeats for Bayern. Nick, it's bad, bad week for Bayern Munich, but is it an even worse week for Thomas Tuchel? Oh, my God. It, it's the first time, I think, since 2000, I think 2015 maybe, 2013, I think they said that Bayern Munich has been shut out two games in a row. It's been over 10 years where they have not scored uh, in for two consecutive matches. So – 
that's just how bad it's going. And Thomas Tuchel is probably like at his house, like probably just in a dark room, phone off, like quiet. He, cause he's scared, dude. He, he has to be. I mean, I heard from, you know, from our guy on ESPN FC that, that they're the media and everybody's out for Thomas Tuchel's head. That's, that's the guy they're going after and that's who they want to see gone. And quite frankly, man, I see it happening. I mean, we heard from, from the guys, you, you, you even said it to me also, you have these guys that you turn your back on. You basically tell them you don't care about them. You don't need them. Then you bring them back on the pitch and ask them to do something for you that he's yelling at their players to pass it forward. And they're just kicking the ball around the back. Right. Right. Thing, not caring what Thomas Tuchel's saying. If that don't show you that things are in trouble, things are bad, I mean, the results are showing you themselves. But if you actually watch these matches and see what's going on, no one is listening to Thomas Tuchel. This is not going to be something that's going to get better. Sure, you're going to pay Darmstadt or whoever, and, and and you might do something or you probably will, but let's get let's keep this, let's keep this real and keep this simple. When you go back and play this Champions League match, you better be get it together, or or you will be beat by by sorry ball. Uh, and if you do make it to the next round, you playing like that, you will get beat by whoever you meet in this next next round. I mean, this is just bad. So it plays yeah, Lazio one nil. Leverkusen three nil, so they go four nil in the two matches, and you know Bochum is not a, playing there. They're playing away to them this weekend. Yeah, it's Bochum, not the right. easiest place to play. Bochum knows how to play Bayern. They're going to know how to play. So, Nick, I mean, this is this is kind of started. We did see that one really crazy game where they beat Darmstadt eight nil. But since then, it's been like their scoring has been. Well, it was zero zero at halftime. Right, that, that at halftime, eight eight nil in the second half. Yeah, God. but they but they are they've progressively looked worse in attack, less fluent, less consistent, and uh, fluid. I meant to say not fluent, less yeah. fluid, less consistent, and a lot more uncertainty and confusion in the Byron attack week after week, Nick, it seems to be that way. It continues to get uh, a little bit worse. So yeah, you've said to me a number of times that, Oh, this isn't your daddy's Byron. This isn't the Byron, you know, and uh, it's certainly not the Byron I know, but I, I, I have, I haven't seen them. It's been a long time since I've seen them this, this low. Yeah, no, I mean, I, Cause man, I have to keep reminding myself and, and, you know, I, I don't, you know, I don't have to remind you, you know, what's going on, but I, I have to say it because it's like, part of me wants to think we're going to see that four nil five nil. And then we see zero to one to Lazio. I mean, it, it's, it's like, when are they finally going to turn it around? And, and I continuously wait, I'm continuously waiting, 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 waiting. And dude, I've been waiting for a season now. I mean, it's not changed. They've been, it's been bad. I mean, I don't remember the last dominant performance I've saw versus a mid-table, decent side opponent. 
think about it. I mean, eight nil to whoever. Cool. Oh, yeah, they're yeah. they're at the bottom table. Like, all right, what are you going to do against freaking Lazio, who, mind you, is like tenth in the Syria table. So I think they were eighth at the times. Yeah, eighth or yeah. It's, whatever. It's just insane, man. I mean, I keep waiting and I keep thinking that we're going to see this old Bayern Munich just come and destroy, and just we're not getting it week in and week out. And to be honest, I don't expect them to do much. I don't care who they play. I just I have to start realizing that this is not your Bayern Munich of you know two three years ago. It's just not. Well, it's not, but also I think it should be said that you need to remember that they still have a lot of immense talent on, oh, big on their roster, and any one of those players can hurt you individually. Yeah. No, so they- it's not just the fact that it's not your daddy's Bayern in, 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 in terms of their performance on the pitch this season, but also let's give credit to Leverkusen for playing a damn – I mean, yeah, I will say I was going to say damn near perfect. Eight, it is perfect. They are they are absolutely perfect. They have not lost a single match this entire calendar season. I mean, thirty five unbeaten in all competitions. No one else is even sniffing that, much less close no. to it. So let's give them credit that Leverkusen's playing the season of their lives, but also Bayern. It's not just Leverkusen that they got decimated by. They're losing to Bremen for the first time in 15 years at home. They're losing. Yep. I mean, it, it's stuff like that. And then struggling on the road at Augsburg, squeaking out 1-0 wins here, squeaking out 1-0 wins there. They squeaked out a 1-0 win against Union Berlin right after the Augsburg match. And then they got handled by Leverkusen, obviously. Then they get then they get uh, beaten by Lazio, massive underdogs. And now Bochum, so Bochum's, you know, uh, 14th in the table, but they, like, they know how to play Bayern. They're going to know how to play them. It's not – do you think that this is – this would be a game I would tell you, Nick, is like this is a rebound game for Bayern, right? They're going to score – it's going to be 4-0, and they're, and all the feelings in Munich are going to be back to, yeah, we're going to win the Meisterschaft. But, yeah, but you've said things like you don't think there's, that there's going to be a 4-0. You don't think that there's that, that, that Bayern is going to come out again this season, that they, they don't exist anymore. Yeah, I mean, I just – I'm not saying they don't exist, but what what I want to what I have to do is remember that this is a different Bayern man. This is just totally different. This isn't this isn't the Ribery. This isn't the Robin. This isn't the 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 old the old Bayern Munich that I'm used to. And every single time I tell myself I'm going to see that four nil, what do I get? I get Werder Bremen beating them. I mean, dude, it gets no crazier than that. I mean, that alone just showed me that I need to forget, at least for this season right now, that I'm not going to see Bayern Munich continuously win these matches four and five nil every single week. It's just not happening, dude. Not with this, not with this manager. Sure. They have the talent. I guarantee you, I really feel this way. You move Thomas Tuchel on and you brought someone in it, they could get it together in weeks and Bayern Munich could be destroying teams again. You know, that's just what I, I just feel that way. So interesting question about that is there is one guy looming out there that we've talked about. Oh, and uh, 
he has a very high profile, a very yeah, he's never very, been there, a very big name, and that is yeah. one Jose Mourinho. Yeah, could he take over? The he's German, never won a Bundesliga title. He has not. Would he want to do that? I mean, it would be crazy, but there's no telling. He still doesn't have a job either. I mean, I think he turned down the Portugal. He said he wasn't going to be the national team there, the national team manager there. So, you know, who knows? But first they got to get rid of Thomas. Tomas. And, so uh, when do you know. think this will happen or does it happen? So lose to Lazio, don't, don't advance in Champions League, he's fired immediately. That day. It'd be their first season, Nick, without any trophies since 2011-2012. Wow. That says a lot. So it'd been 12 years. 12 years yeah. with, with, without a trophy. I mean, that's a long... That's or 12 them, years that's, since they last didn't win a trophy. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, dude, you you don't advance to Lazio. I'm telling you, Lazio goes up one nothing. It's not over, but they're going to park that bus. They're going to park the gonna bus, baby. Everything in their power to shut them down and I just don't see the 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 powering force of goals coming from Bayern Munich as of late I mean no shots on goal come on dude I I really think if Lazio can score first they could park that bus sure Bayern Munich might get one but can they get two to advance you know I don't know if they can I just don't believe in them so they lose that match that he'll be fired within hours guarantee you they might not even make it back to the uh, airport before he's fired. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, they, I'm t- I, those owners and that president, I'm telling you, they as soon as that whistle blows, they will just say, go ahead and announce it. I mean, there's no way they're not sitting there like, okay, we don't advance. He keeps his job. Th- I mean, come on, man. Lazio, mid-table Italy, Cheerio Mobile, come on. Well... That's that's the thing too is like I said they they they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna park the bus like only Italian clubs can park the bus so it's a very dangerous situation if Byron do fall behind early and the thing is we've seen this too right I believe that they I, I have to look the stat up but I think that they've also probably conceded first more this season than they have in the past I mean I too. It, it just it just seems that way I know that. Obviously, Leverkusen scored on them first, and Bremen scored on them first in the matchup that they had. I mean, it, it well, and they scored the only goal of the game too. I should mention. Yeah, but well, it's possible. I mean, I haven't looked at the data on it, but I'm just saying it could be. And with that being said, their inability to score right now, like you said, first time in God since the Romans built the Colosseum, since Bayern hadn't scored at least one goal over the course of two matches. You know, and now yeah. they've done that. But then if you look back on it, they only scored one against Union Berlin. They scored, they did score three against Augsburg, but I mean, like Kane tap in, Kane, one of those. Anyways, yeah. week before that, they get shot out at home by Bremen. So yeah. besides the, the Augsburg match, I mean, they, they, they haven't been able to score yeah. at all either. So if they fall behind 1 0, can Bayern yeah. get two on Lazio? That's you know, uh, I think you know, I just don't think so. No, me neither. That's what I'm saying. They they let in that first goal. I mean, that president, they're gonna have their statement typed up and written, ready to go. And uh I think Mr. Mr. Tuchel, he knows that. There's just no way you don't. You you cannot 
not advance against Lazio. When we saw that draw, we were like, okay, all right, they're already through. And look, look where they're at now. No excuse, man. I mean, Teal, he, he can't finish to save his life. Chipio Motang's getting no chances, or if he does, he's going to miss. I mean, it, it, Kane, like he's just people. utterly depressed. Yeah. Kane, Kane, of all people, can't hit the back of the net. I mean, it's just, it's like everything that could go wrong is just going wrong. And, and I feel it would just cap off the season if they just get kicked out by Lazio. It might do them a favor so they could just move on from Tuchel and get everything sorted out so next season you can be back. I mean, it, it might do them right to just take it and just get kicked out. That's typically what Byron would go through these like two-year, three-year spans, and then they would get themselves right after a one-season decline. And this has been a 12, 11-year span. You know, so yeah. this would definitely, I mean, they would, if they got, if they got their teeth kicked in, like I said, it'd be the first time in 12 years they haven't won a single trophy. That used to happen every two or three years. Yeah. Before, and then Byron would win one. They would, they would get, they would lose one, sorry, and they get reignited and then win two yeah. in a row. And, but now they've won 12 in a row. Yeah. So, I mean, th- this, this is going to look a lot more, impactful when you look at it as par- far as they're like two back-to-backs and three-peats coming to an end, which has been the typical uh, uh, scenario in their existence. Now you're having a 12-peat come to an end. Yeah. So in a way, it's kind of the end of an era, man. Like, it, yeah. it, it really is. No, big time. I mean, like I said, I, I can't – I'm still having a hard time on a match-to-match basis forgetting that – this isn't that 12 peat team. It just isn't. And and I have to always remind myself of that. I mean, what happened again in that Champions League match? I'll just I'll never forget that. And and it's just still to this day, man, it's got to be one of the most mind-blowing things I've seen for Bayern Munich in my whole existence of following football. I mean, if I would have asked you before that match, what do you think final is? You would have told me like 3 to nothing or you know, would you not have after losing to Leverkusen like they did? I mean, talking to you, you there's no way you would have been like, yeah, Lazio's going to win one nil, man. There's just no way. No, I would have. I would have told you without a shadow of a doubt that Byron's going to rebound be and beating. win. Exactly. So it's just it's mind blowing, and this I just always have to remind myself this isn't the twelve peat Bayern Munich. We we got a new thing in our hands, and uh, maybe I guess it's funny because I guess before I did follow. You're telling me before their 12 peat that they would win one or two and then someone else would sneak in and win yeah, one? Yeah, so and they, they would, they would okay. win two or three and then Werder Bremen would win one and then they'd win okay. two and then uh, Stuttgart would win one and then they'd win one and then Kaiserslautern would win one. Okay. So like that. Then gotcha. they won one and then the next year – they so Stuttgart won in 07, Bayern won in 08, Wolfsburg won in 2009 – Okay. You see what I'm saying? And then I got you. they won 2010, and then Dortmund wins 2011 and 2012, and then Byron wins 2013 all the way to 2024. Okay, got you. Yeah. So but that it, makes was, it was much more spread out. Spread out. And yeah, yeah. 12 Pete, this is, this is the exception, not the rule. 
Yeah, that's just crazy. I mean, for for a league to be that lopsided for as long as it has, th- this league really needed this to happen this season. Would you agree? Well, the other thing is, I think that you've had a change, kind of a shift in the philosophies we talked about. You know, when it comes to Tuchel's philosophy and tactics, you know, he's vastly different from Nagelsmann and he's yeah. vastly different from his predecessors like Jo Pinkis and even Carlo Ancelotti who was there. So yeah. I mean the the Tuchel is just a different it's a different beast, right? He's he, yeah. he's had it seems like he's had controversies about his tactics everywhere he's been, whether it's been Dortmund, yeah. whether it's been Chelsea, whether it's been PSG and now of course at Bayern it seems to follow him everywhere, whether he's making the right moves or not. And right now, as it pertains to Bayern Munich, it seems like he's making all the wrong moves. And with a job, a job with that much high profile status to it, you don't get a lot of rope to hang yourself. That that's a very short leash that you're on. Big time. So let's I talk about that real quick before we move on to our predictions for some of these matches. Do you agree with that? I mean, about Tuchel, or like, do you, I mean, have you always yeah. thought that tactically he's not some mad scientist? Because you know, it seems like it seems like he gets stale or stagnates very quickly once he gets somewhere, and or other managers figure him out. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you, man. It's it's he'll have like a good little beginning, and then he gets figured out wherever he's at, or his players get sick of him, or something. I don't know what happens, and then they just fall out. I mean, it happened at Chelsea; they won the Champions League, and then all of a sudden he's having these issues and tactically people are figuring them out. Now at Bayern Munich, he comes in, sure went a little bit. Now it's just a complete disaster. And, and it's just, I don't know, man, I've never, never really liked. He's never been exciting to watch. Like it was always, you know, defense, low scoring, a lot of, a lot of little passing and whatnot. Not like Pep style though. It's just not a lot of too much of possession. Does that make sense? And it just never was exciting. So I've never been a fan of what Thomas Tuchel was having his players do. So seeing this just doesn't surprise me, man. I'm not shocked at all. And and I'm just I'm praying that Lazio can just get the Bayern Munich out so we can see something. Well, you know what? I take that back. I, I hope they do go. And then they lose in like the semifinal and Tuchel stays. So we can just continue to see them be trash every two or three matches and then win one. So never mind. Yeah. I just, I'm sick of Thomas. I'm sick of Tuchel, man. Sick of it. Well, you might not have to deal with him for too much longer. I'll put it like that. Yeah. Uh, So yeah, that caps off a bad week for Bayern, a fantastic weekend for Leverkusen. They find themselves in the knockout rounds of the Europa League. They are in the semifinals of the German Cup, DFB Pokal, and top dog, top dog by a long, long shot over Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga. Top dog in that match, I will say, by a long shot. Still five points, but with the way Bayern's trending and the way that Leverkusen's trending, you would have to probably say that Leverkusen have absolutely absolutely gotten the upper hand on Byron at this point. Big time. Yeah. I agree with you there. There's no doubt in my mind right now that they're they've got they've gotten uh Byron Munich they're they're way past them this season. I mean, 
32 unbeaten or whatever it is, just absolutely unheard of for for Bayern Leverkusen. So let's look at some of these predictions then for the weekend, shall we, before we get out of here. So we're going to we're gonna start in the Premier League. Man, this one right here, this was a crazy one. Uh, eight goals between the two of them the last time they matched up. That was the 4-4 thriller in yep. Stamford Bridge. Here, here's the uh, the reverse fixture, Nick. Ma- match of the week by far in the Premier League. Manchester City from the empty hide hosting Chelsea. What do you what do you see for this match? Let's see. Over under is three and a half. You would have yeah. gone with the over the last time they played for damn sure. What do you see? No, what do you time. see going on here? Chelsea are going to get smoked. Empty hide. Chelsea. Chelsea will get smoked. Chelsea have the potential to get smoked at any moment and sorry to any Chelsea fans listening uh T-Mac or whoever if y'all are listening I'm sorry I just I, I think City's too strong they're on a run right now they're trying to catch Liverpool they both are just they both just need to win so I, I just I can't see I can't see Chelsea keeping it together against the City side now City can't keep a clean sheet we know that that's statistically a fact uh, 90% of matches, they give up a goal. So uh, we're doing predictions. I'm going to say 3-1 to City, and we're going to see a Kevin assist and goal, and Erlen Holland is going to wake up the monster or mutant, and he's going to get a brace. So I'm going to say the opposite, and I think that Chelsea steps up in these big games. They last one where they didn't was to Liverpool a couple weeks ago when they got hammered four to one. But before that, if you look at it, they played City four four. They played Liverpool. Was it two two in that opening game or one one in the opening game? Yeah, they've played Arsenal to a draw. So they, they so they've they have. Held their own. It's 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 these these minnows that they can't beat. It's it's the yeah. Wolves and the the Brentfords and, and the Brightons that just own Chelsea of the top six. I mean, Liverpool's thrashed them a couple weeks ago. But like I said, they played really competitively in the first six of those matchups or the first five of the matchups against the top six in the first part of the season. I, I, I think Chelsea's going to get up for this one. And I, I really do believe that you're going to see a, a competitive match and it's going to obviously dominate possession on city side but I think Chelsea's going to catch some counters. You have counterattack ability. I think at this point now, Pochettino is absolutely fighting for his job. I mean, you know, it's a, they're they're looking, they're staring. I mean, Europe seems miles away right now in, for them in terms of finishing in those European places in the table. So I mean, Pochettino's got to if if it's not a hot seat, it's got to at least be warm. So yeah. I just think that Chelsea get up for these. Match, especially when you tell them that they have no chance. That that's when this team seems to thrive when they are the absolute underdog. Kick them to the side of the road, stick a fork in them, they're done. Underdog, and they'll rise up. I think it's going to be a one-one draw in this matchup. I think Chelsea is going to get one, and then they're going to do their best to park the bus. They might let one leak in from Mutant's head, but I think that they're going to take points off of City in this match. Yeah, it could happen, man. I mean, City have been on a tear. Uh, we'll see. I mean, hell, 
hey, I wouldn't be mad. I told you, I don't want to see Pep win another freaking Premier League title. So, you know what? I, I sure would love it, but just, I, I just, I never can count on Chelsea these days. I mean, it's just, it's something. It's, they're like the Bayern Munich from England right now. I just can't count on them. Heidenheim hosting Leverkusen. So is this where we, do you think we see a Leverkusen uh, sugar high come down? What do you, what do you think here? Um, over under three, over under three and a half, by the way. Which is insane. Yeah. I just, Leverkusen, excuse me, Leverkusen. Yeah. They scored three against Bayern Munich, but you got to remember before it was what? Nil, nil, zero, one, one, zero. A lot of low scoring matches from them. Right. Um, They do. They do not slip up, Leverkusen here. They they get the win. I'm gonna, I'm not gonna say three goals, but I'll say two nil to Leverkusen. They're gonna win. They're gonna play a, a pretty tight match, um, and it's gonna come down to a couple second half goals. Leverkusen will get the win here. Two nil. Wolfsburg hosting Dortmund. Oh, sorry, my prediction. Leverkusen. Yeah. yeah sorry, sorry. I think Leverkusen win three to one over Heidenheim. Okay. Should be standard business. Heidenheim's been playing well. Right. You know, you, right. They have been. They have. So Wolfsburg hosting Dortmund. Is this where Dortmund trips over their own feet and drops some points here to let Leipzig oh, back oh, in the game? Freaking Dortmund. I mean. Over under here is three and a half. Which is also just so much, man. So much. Uh, you said Wolfsburg, right? I would take the under on this one. Yeah, no, I definitely 100% because, you know, besides Fulkrig penalties and stuff, they it's been nothing. Well, Wolfsburg's um, been rough, Nick. They have in their last 5 matches, they have no wins. They have 4 draws yeah. and a loss. And yeah, in Dortmund's last 5 matches, they have no losses. They have 4 wins and a draw. So yeah, these teams playing. are trending in opposite directions, but you know, typically Wolfsburg's a good stumbling point for Dortmund. This is, you know, they're this is a road game, so where are BVB going to drop their points to let Gladbach, oh, excuse me, Gladbach, to let Leipzig <laughs> back into the game? Yeah, I mean, good question. I, I think uh, it's not here. Wolfsburg's been in trouble, man, for a little bit. Uh, I'm going to say BVB, I'll go with the 2 0. 2 0, okay. I'm going to go with the 2 to 1 to Dortmund. I can't believe I'm picking them to win, but I'm going to pick yeah, them to win this one. That's crazy. So yeah, Dortmund get the uh, the two to one road victory over Wolfsburg. Keep the they'll probably lose because we, we we both pick them to win. They'll lose. Yeah, so, probably. Yeah. So we let's just be, keep picking them. Let's just keep picking them to win then. So yeah, they'll, exactly. they'll drop every match. The yeah. late game, the man, the man, the match, <laughs> the match of the week in the Bundesliga, RB Leipzig hosting Borussia Mönchengladbach. So. Again, Leipzig have been kind of reeling in the league, man. They're 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 bleeding out here. They got to stop it. They got to stop the bleeding. Is this the match you think? Uh, so maybe some Sesco Appenda Magic coming on. Zavi Simons. Like what do we I got do. here? I think that I think uh, I think this is. I, I'm going to go ahead and say the over under on this one is three and a half. By the way, that's weird. Yeah. Gosh, but I'm going to go ahead and say that Leipzig are going to win this one 2-0 over Gladbach. Gladbach yeah. has a terrible defense. They have one of the worst defenses in the league. So if, if Leipzig can't score goals at home against them, then I don't know who they can. Yeah, and, and we say that, but they held the best team in the league to no goals, which was mind-blowing. That day they were just on one. 
I'm, I think I think Leipzig just had a strong showing against Real Madrid in Champions League. They've gotten some confidence back. Uh, that goalkeeper for Real Madrid did a wonder show. I think he was a Ukrainian guy. Some random dude they just threw in goal for Champions League, Real Madrid. Of course, he had the game of his life and held uh, Red Bull to no goals. And I think they did get a little bit of confidence, so they look good. I'm going to go... I'm going to go with a 3-0. I think they destroy Gladbach and uh, they get back into contention with that top four spot. They're going to they're gonna move up on BBB. Okay. I like that prediction. Last, last one for the Bundesliga. Uh, Bochum hosting Bayern. So we just talked about it. Bayern back-to-back losses. Bochum has only one loss in their last five matches. It's at Bochum. They know how to play Bayern. Do you think this is where Bayern breaks out of their slump? Is this is this where they get things back on track? What do you see going on here? I mean, I have God. I just I have no clue. It's just it's so hard. I mean, I'm gonna say I gotta go. I'll say two nil. I'll say two nil to Bayern Munich. I just they have a hard time finding goal. They'll get. They'll get a penalty, and then I'll say I'll say Mueller will come in off the bench and, and get a cheeky rebound, just something silly, a penalty and a, and a cheeky rebound for Mueller, old school goal, and uh, two nil to to Daddy. Okay, that that goes with the trend that Bayern has been in the last five matches against Bochum. They've won seven nil, lost four to two, won seven nil, won three nil, and won seven nil. Jeez. So pretty pretty bad showing there for yeah. Bochum. We just had today already wrapped up. Inter beat Salernitana four nil. So now the with the exact amount of matches played as Juventus, they have opened up a 10-point lead, double-digit lead, Nick. Jeez. With just about three months left to go in the season. Yeah. So, I mean, is, is, is Italy, are, we, are we declaring Italy done at this point now that it's, <clears throat> now that it's double digits for Inter? They've lost one match the entire season. They are playing as near-perfect football as you can play right now. To me, yeah. they are the most dominant right now of all the league leaders in Europe which I think by default yeah. makes them the most dominant league leader in the world. Yeah. And there's just no stopping Inter right now. Everyone, look, everyone scored today, 4-0, Turam scored, Lotaro scored, Dumfries scored, Arnautovic scored. I mean, it's just it, it's yeah. coming from all directions. Yeah. It's, they're just playing that 3-5-2 to perfection. We talked about it in great detail a couple weeks ago. Yeah. And last week, actually, on the show, in the preview and then the recap of the match, yeah. So, I mean, well, yeah, it's Inter, I mean, it's Inter, Inter's league now, right? Yeah, all but over with, man. Juventus blew a game against Undinese. It's it's uh, <clears throat> it's looking grim for for the the black and white. Um, I don't minus injuries and a complete and utter collapse. I mean, there's just no chance they they don't win the title this season. The Scudetto is theirs. They get their their star. Yeah, they get the second star. That's correct. That's right. Exactly correct. And I think that they, yeah, they'll be the first Italian team to do it besides Juventus who, who've had, have three stars. Uh, obviously they wear that above their, 
above their logo, their crest on their kit. But yeah, that'd be massive for Inter. I mean, absolutely. Looking at Spain real quick. So Sevilla, (laughs) Sevilla back from the dead with a massive win last week against Atletico Madrid. This this week, after that win against Atletico Madrid, they have to play. They're on the road at Valencia. So, Nick, what do we see here with Valencia and Sevilla? I kind of I kind of tend to I, I don't Sevilla hasn't shown me enough. They did win big last week against a top four opponent in Spain, but I'm still not falling for the tricks. I think I need to see more something more consistent. I like Valencia. Valencia is playing a very solid season. So I yeah. think I take them at home over Sevilla. I'm going to go with a uh, two nil there. Yeah, Valencia has been playing well at home. Sevilla has been terrible away. They did beat Valicano. They did just beat Athletic, and that was a hell of a match. I mean, for them to shut Atletico Madrid out was insane. I mean, Athletic have now not scored in two straight matches, which is unheard of. The last three of Sevilla Athletic matches all ended one nil. So they've been following that one nil trend for, for a season now. Uh, I, I just, Sevilla are on the up, man. They're finally finding some footing. They're, they're up from that relegation zone. 23 points, 17 is the cutoff. I mean, can they beat Valencia at home? Probably not. I'm going to go with a one, one draw. Okay. And lastly, we're going to, do a quick recap of what was in the Champions League. Nick, any surprises for you here? I think that the only match really still... So Lazio was a huge surprise over Bayern, and then we had Real Madrid 1-0 over Leipzig. So Leipzig still in play. City obviously going to play kick the can with Copenhagen. So, yeah. And then we had PSG taking care of business against Sociedad. So I, I think the only thing up for debate here is whether Bayern Munich can come back. I think the other three are probably going to advance that we yeah. talked about the winners of the, the winners, the winners of the other three matches are all going to advance and yeah. it's up to Lazio to hold serve. So that's going to be the big question come yeah. three weeks from now is what, what, what does Bayern do with Lazio at, at yeah, the uh, Allianz Arena? Yeah, because this coming up week, we don't get the reverse fixture of that. We get Arsenal, Porto, and all those. Yeah, the second, those the second part of the yeah last 16. Yeah, so, yeah, I mean, that was the only thing that really shocked me, man. I didn't expect much from any of the other matches. City is supposed to beat Copenhagen. I mean, get out of here. Come on. Of course, they did, they did concede, like I said, when we talked about Chelsea, but they did score three. They're up easily. They'll play Oscar Bob and 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 uh, Jeremy Doku in the second leg and just kick the ball around. Um, so yeah, man. I mean, PSG business as usual. Going to Sociedad, they'll have to come out and attack, which will open them up. You do that with Mbappe back there, you're going to ask for trouble. So yeah, really, just Lazio, man. It's the only one I'm waiting to see the reverse picture of this. And I guess I'll say Red Bull too, man. Red Bull really have a chance to shock the world. Uh, if they can do it while in the Bernabeu, let's see if they can can work some magic, man. Can they do it? Jude's out. This is the time to do it. Let's see if they can uh, beat Real Madrid. Very tall task, to say the Big least. Time. So from 
Europa League, was there any surprises for you on this? I think that everything was kind of business as usual. Galatasaray had to come from behind. Well, they didn't come from behind, but they were drawn with, they were had a 2-2 draw with Sparta Prague, come back and win it 3-2. You and I were talking about the Feyenoord-Roma match, and I told you that Roma was going to win. I think you were saying that Feyenoord was going to win. So no, I took I took the first half pl- Roma plus in the first half because I figured it'd be close and Feyenoord went up in the 46th minute and I I pushed. So decent match Lukaku scored um I I do think the reverse fixture will go Roma's side. They are very strong. They are a good team. Uh I I think I was shocked. I guess the Freiburg match kind of made me upset. I wasn't happy about that. It was 0-0. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, Ajax being down 2-0. I think that's Conference League, though. But that's that Conference League, yeah. Me. Yeah, they, they were down 2-0, and then in the 90th, scored two magical goals in stoppage time to come back, even though Bodo Glint sold everyone that they possibly could. They pulled a BVB in Monaco. Uh, you know, no so, one's had a steeper decline recently than Ajax. I mean, it's been pretty, pretty bad. Oh, my gosh, dude. Let me tell you. Listen, I follow leagues. You know that. Lower leagues, Norway included. Bodo Glint have sold everyone. This is like this is like what Monaco did in 2016. This is like what BVB does year in, year out. When they win something, they sell everyone. Bodo Glint did that, and then they almost beat Ajax in the Netherlands in Ajax home. I mean, it took a red card and a penalty to turn that around. Ajax is just, they're just not the same team they were. This team is, oh my gosh, dude, I was shocked. I wonder where Hendo is. I mean, I didn't see Hendo. <laughs> I wonder where Hendo is. Yeah. Where's Waldo? Where's Hendo? Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say uh, Milan beating beating Rennes 3-0. Three, three that was a little bit yeah. surprising. I thought that would be a more competitive match. Yeah, a little closer. Loftus Cheek scored a brace. He so, did. I mean, I did. Yep. I really did think that would be closer. But yeah, Freiburg disappointing. I think Marseille and Shakhtar. That's a, that's a dog fight. Yeah, and then Galatasaray, of course. Our boy Maori Cardi in the ninety first minute takes care of business. Yeah, Benfica took two penalties from Di Maria to beat Toulouse, who who I just you know. Liverpool had easy time with. I mean, seeing seeing Benfica need two penalties is crazy. Now, I will say, shocker of the Europa playoff is this match here. You were probably about to get to it. Braga versus Carvag. I just it 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 was mind blowing, dude. Braga was a was like a goal and a half favorite, and they just got destroyed. It was one to four at one point. It took a Jao Montino the old uh, Wolves player, Monaco, when they went to Champions League, semi, and then Wolves uh, midfielder. He got a penalty in the 91st to get it 4-2, to but that was freaking mind-blowing. The Azerbaijan side beating a Portuguese side in Portugal is just, you don't see that very often. So Yeah, that was was, was at the the Estadio in Braga. Yeah. It was, yep, and and they had that place quiet for the from the seventieth minute till the ninetieth, down four to one. 
I mean, I was in utter shock. I mean, a hundred dollars on on them would have won you four hundred fifty. That's how big of an underdog they were. So, so fair play to them. Good match. It was. Uh, they just was, dominated. They were up four four to one at one point. I mean, yeah. it's just complete humiliation. It was. Karabag. Wow. Yeah. Well, Nick, I have I have a uh, the uh, coffee fixture tomorrow morning with Liverpool and yeah. Brentford. You'll, so you'll be up in six hours. <laughs> exactly. So I I have the coffee fixture tomorrow with Liverpool and Brentford, and I don't know. I think this was. A, I think we 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 had our our main topic tonight, which was very exciting for both of us. I know. I want to say again, if you guys have anything you want us to talk about, let us know through social media. But this is something that was that we've been talking about doing for a while near and dear to our hearts. And I'm glad we finally got to discuss it. Uh, egg ball versus football, the rise, the fall, the, whatever you want to call it. It's just, it's a very, very interesting subject matter. And one that we just have to keep an eye out on because it continues to go in one, it continues to go in one direction for one and another direction for the other. No, absolutely, man. Yeah. It's just, it's a, uh... It's definitely very interesting being an American and seeing this my whole life. It's just something my eyes opened 10 years ago when I started following football. So it's, it's something we can always talk about me and you and, and we can, we, it's funny cause we both, we, we both know a lot about the sport because we grew up watching it. So we can still entertain and talk about, but it's just not, I don't enjoy it like I used to, man. So it was, it was fun, man. I had a good time and I was looking forward to it for, for quite some time here. Yeah, same here. Uh, and there's anything else that you want to discuss before we turn I, up the lights? I can't think about of anything, man. We 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 hit it all, and and uh, I'm ready to to get this this next round of matches going, man. Yeah, we got like I said, got an early morning. I'll be up in a few hours Six to hours. watch Liverpool, yeah. and <laughs> we got a whole weekend full of action. And of course, again next week. Champions League and Europa League. So a lot more to recap. Yeah, definitely. All right, my friend. Well, with that being said, uh, let's turn up the lights. Let's call it a show. And I will see you back here next week, my friend Nick. Or actually, I'll probably see you at Basil yeah. before then. But also yeah. back here again. Yeah, definitely. Same time, same place. Yeah, take it easy, people. All right, man. All right, man. Will you... Ich hoffe, das ist wahr! Du hast mir die Bayern! Ja, das ist unglaublich! Thomas Müller! 4 zu 0!